Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. the first cut podcast here on cbs sports that's kyle porter i'm chip patterson Wyndham championship in the bag and kyle uh you know we, we've got a couple different ways to attack this of course we've got some president's cup implications from the results we've got the you know the continuing narrowing of the field the rounding out of the field as we move our way into the playoffs and, uh, and, and, you know, Sedgefield Country Club, a, a historic place, not only a regular stop on the PGA Tour back to its days of the Greater Greensboro Open, but trivia time, my friend. Did you know it was also the location for the founding of the Atlantic Coast Conference? I, I knew that. I read it this morning after. <laughs> I didn't read it actually when it would have been helpful before the Wyndham Championship, but John Feinstein wrote a piece for Golf Digest and he had a note in there about that. It was so you you missed out on a whole bunch of like uh, go ACC type jokes that you could have uh, thrown in there when Wake Forest Demon Deacon Webb Simpson wasn't able to convert from being in the final pairing to taking home the title. Well, it said there's a plaque in like the clubhouse, which is just hilarious. Like the the you know Duke Carolina started here, and you're like, wait, what? Like what? <laughs> in Greensboro? How does that work? Yeah. Have you ever have you ever played that course? I have not played Sedgefield. It is like truly among the like sort of Greensboro uh, world. Like there are, there are a couple of pr- great tracks around there, and there's a couple of country clubs. And it's that you know that thing where there are maybe like two or three country clubs that all would fancy themselves as the best, but then they all kind of have different reasons to turn their nose up or down at one another. I feel like Sedgefield because of things like it was where the ACC was founded. Not that it's famous because the ACC was founded there, but that it would be the place where the university presidents in 1960 would choose to meet. Therefore sort of shows how old money it is. Yeah, totally. And I can't figure out, you know, I think it's, it's a Donald Ross, it's a good course or whatever, but it, but it's also like, it's just, I mean, everybody shoots a 64 there. Right. And so you're like, is it like, how good can it, I'm not saying it's not good, but it's like, how good can it be when everybody's shooting 64, 65, 66, except for Jordan Spieth? <laughs> I, well, I, I tell you, I almost saw the weekend take a turn that would have uh, our next conversation be a celebration of Sung J.M. after he shoots a 62 in the first round. I mean, that that was shaping up to be just a continuation of, of one of our great uh, you know, call your shots. This guy is, is for real that we've had this season in a season that has sh- shown so many young stars have an instant impact. Sungjae Im is sick. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I, he was my pick for rookie of the year. I was selling cam champ. I was buying Sungjae Im. I'm probably going to be wrong about him because, well, I don't know who is going to be the rookie of the year. Do you- I, 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 because because the argument is, do the guys that come in halfway get to throw their hat in the ring, right? 
They do, and and they've both won. Like Morikawa and uh, and Wolf have both won, but I don't know. I, I think if you look, I mean, Sun JM's like top thirty in the in the FedEx, and he's played, you know, thirty four. <laughs> he's played in like every event since like last November, but uh, he's been really good this year. And, and you know, I think I think it's interesting because I think if you could have gotten a, a Cam Champ of the field after he won last fall. In terms of like rookie of the year race, you would have you would have made some cash on that uh, right after his his victory. Okay, so what about the winner, JP Poston? What's our what was uh, what were the standouts for you from his effort in the final round and the way things shook out? Well, it kind of came down to the so so him and and um, and Ben on were both bogey free through sixty seven holes. And so you're like, well, who's going to, you know, who's going to blink first and on uh, bogeyed 15 and he bogeyed 18 and he lost by two and posting, you know, didn't bogey did not. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you, you don't like obviously posting won the tournament, he went out and won it, but it, it just, I mean, on bogeyed a hole where the average score on 15 was like 4.7 and he made a six. So you're like, oh, that's that's the way to lose a golf tournament. It just felt like he just kind of, kind of fell apart a little bit over the last four holes to to go bogey. I mean, and this goes back to what uh, Brandel Chambly was saying about Rory after the Open. He's like, if if something happens like at the very beginning of something or the very end of something that's very different from what else has been happening, then something has like changed. And Shamb- uh, Brandel called that with Rory he called it choking. And I, you know, what say whatever you want about that, but but the same thing, the same concept applies here in terms of Ben on goes bogey free for sixty seven holes, and he makes two uh, two bogeys in I guess sixty eight holes. Then he makes two bogeys in uh, four in the last four holes, and you're like, wow, that you know he he bogeys fifty percent of his last four holes. So clearly, I, I think he started to feel a little bit of the pressure. But yeah, for posting to. Um, I mean, to go bogey free, I don't, I, I wrote this afterwards, playing mini golf to go bogey free is, is incredibly impressive. He's just, I don't know. I mean, he he's obviously a good player. He's not somebody that to me is like super captivating or compelling, like a, like a Morikawa, like a Wolf, like a Hovland, like somebody like that. Uh, but the other point is like, it's so hard to keep your card every year. There's only a hundred, you know, there's only a, there's only a top 125. And if you're in it, you've been you've been really good at golf. And I think that gets that gets lost because we only not only do we only look at the top eight guys, but we only look at like the tour championship. And we're like, well, if you weren't there, then you, you must not have had a good year. But you can still have a great year and, and just be fiftieth or sixtieth or seventieth in, in the FedEx Cup. Well, he finished with a, a top like by by going low on Sunday, by maintaining that bogey free streak. He ends up finishing uh, on top of a, a leaderboard that has, you know, the aforementioned Sung J.M. It has Victor Hovland and it has Webb Simpson. Like those are players that all during this season we have looked at as some of the best players in the field uh, in like various events, big time and not. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm looking at Poston's uh, kind of his finishes this year. So that he's had. Uh, this was his third top 10 finish. Um, he's up to, what, 77 in the world. That's obviously really good. 
you know, he, he doesn't, I don't know, he finished T6 at RBC Heritage. He finished T11 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, T7 at the Desert Classic. He's just kind of in that, I call it, well, I referenced it on HQ last night. Everybody should watch HQ, by the way. But I referenced it on HQ as kind of the Chess and Hadley range of like, could he go out and win a golf tournament? Yeah, for sure. Is he going to like contend at majors? Probably not. Right. You know, and, and there's such a, there's such a dichotomy there, really. Like you go into majors and you're like, I mean, if you, I, I go back to this all the time. If you go to, if you're JT Poston, you go to the, the, uh, the masters next year and you just sidle up next to Kepka on the range. It's like, what, 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 what why am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, seriously. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. absolutely. And, and in the, you know, like, oh, everybody's in the tournament. Anybody can win it. Sure. Yeah. Great. That's a great theory. But it's, it's a, there's a very big difference from the top, I don't know, 20, 25 in the world to guys that are kind of bouncing around between 30 and 70 or a hundred or whatever. So where, where, for example, then do you think Victor Hovland is. Do you think that Hovland is the player that now that we look at and at this point already in his young professional career, whether it is, you know, Sedgefield Country Club or whether it's Beth Page Black, he he has already proven uh or has he already proven that he can go and and not just contend to win a, a regular PGA Tour event but contend to win a major championship. So two things on Hovland. I think I think what you're saying is is a really good point because I'm I'm sort of at the point and I want to get your take on this just theoretically like I I don't know what his ceiling is and I don't mean that like oh my gosh he has no ceiling I just mean like he feels a little bit fully formed in a way that a lot of rookies don't mm. like the, the the area where you gain the most as a young player is, is, um, mentally and like figuring out how being a professional works and just all this different stuff. And if like you, you watch him talk and you like watch the way he acts and like does things and you're like, he, he, he like already feels like he's there. And I'm not saying he can't get better. I think he's going to be really good for a really long time. I just don't know that his ceiling is as high as it would be for like a normal 21 year old rookie. All right. And this is going to be fun because we're going to talk president's cup in a little bit. And there is a little bit of a reference here, but Victor Hovland's floor floor is probably Daniel Berger. And I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think that I've seen enough to where, uh, like the impact has been made based on, uh, performance at a young age, based on the, the way that he has carried himself here in the early parts of his professional career, the, you know, like, like he has come in, he has made his arrival. He's, he's in the club. But if all of a sudden we find ourselves in two years being like, do you remember Victor Hovland and you know where he was in, in 2019? And if he hasn't replicated those results, I would not be, uh, I don't think that's the word. Like that is a realistic floor, but again, like Daniel Berger, I also think his story is not wouldn't be done at that point. Like the worst case scenario is that Victor Hovland just kind of cruises in, not as an not like not as an anonymous uh, professional player. But if all of a sudden things like slip and slide a little bit, then I don't think that that's 
that means that we missed it when we called our shot. I just think that that's probably the journeys and the ups and downs that we have to sort of start to expect, or at least have been expecting uh, from these players that make an impact in their early 20s. Two wins a pretty good career. <laughs> All right. So that is that is the with perspective, you know, looking at it like, okay, there we go. These are the numbers. But if would you be shocked if all of a sudden he just floats down to be in like the and maybe Berger was the wrong call, but well, what if he, he what if he the, becomes like yeah. the thirty fifth to fiftieth player in the world for a three to four year period? Yeah, no, I, I totally and, and I think I I think Berger as a floor is is that's I think that's a I, I love that take I think that's a really good take. I, the question that's hard to answer is, so Daniel Berger finished, uh, he finished outside the top 125. And I think, it, I can't remember when he, he won St. Jude a couple of times, but I think his exemptions, I think he has to go to the Corn Ferry Finals. And so you look at it and you're like, okay, well, what's, and this is the question I always come back to, what, what's more impressive? Is it is it winning two times or is it being... Um, Charles Howell and having your card every year for two decades. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm I'm coming more and more back to the Charles Howell part of that debate. Yeah, that's what it. That yes, and so, and so that's my that's sort of my deal with Hovland is like, is he gonna win? Like, is he gonna be like JT and win ten times and like you know whatever? I I don't know. Maybe, but I don't I don't feel like he is, but. I think he's. I think he's gonna make so much money over the next ten or fifteen years that he's gonna like. He's gonna like own golf in Norway or something. Well, like he just like buys. <laughs> all, he, he's gonna own every golf course in Norway. Well, that's and like, what do we know? What his plan is in terms of, uh, like where where he wants to be spending most of his time between the PGA Tour or whether he does want to start entertaining like a, a big European tour workload? Like, is he going to, as as the schedule begins to turn, like we've been saying, where the first part of the year is PGA Tour, then later in the year you've got uh, the European tour has some a bunch of big events. Is he going to be going to start to play in those? Do we know that yet? I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to him about that. I haven't seen him talk about it. That's an interesting point. I, I think it's fairly rare for uh, – like to go that way, like where you've get kind of take, especially if he gets this card at the Corn Ferry Finals, where you've kind of tasted the PGA Tour and then you go the other way and go go to the European Tour. But maybe I think he'd do great over there. I mean, I think here's the thing that surprised me about him, and you know, stats are not a big part of college golf, so you don't totally know. I mean, obviously he's he was awesome in college, but you don't totally know like necessarily why he's awesome. His last five events, Chip, he's been in the top – I think I saw this right. He's been in the top three in strokes and off the tee um, like three or four times. Mm. Like he, he is if – he, if he qualified for uh, – like if he had enough events and status to qualify, I think he would lead the tour in strokes and off the tee. Well, uh, fellow or the, the Wyndham champion, championship runner-up, Webb Simpson, would suggest – Strokes gained off the tee, not needed for these uh, for these high finishes and if, these if, top rankings. If Webb Simpson had Victor Hovland's driving, he would be he, Brooks Kepka would would be playing for second. 
Brooks Kepko would be the number two player in the world. Oh man, I, I cannot wait till uh, our friends and our listeners get that <laughs> clip. If if Webb Simpson had Victor Hovland's game off the tee, Brooks Kepka would be playing for second. I just yeah, want to repeat the, that yeah. out. I just want to lay those words out, and I want to look at them because they make me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, one uh, thing real quick on Hovland. He, uh, his average distance into the greens at Sedgefield, he, I think he averaged like 155 into the greens. Yeah. That's uh, – when you just, I, I mean, you, you're gonna be, I mean, you almost, uh, you could put me out there, and I'd be like somewhat competitive. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you, you're, you can, you can play, you can play around out there if your game's in that place with like eleven clubs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's wild, but yeah, Webb, uh, Webb might be the hottest player in the world right now, other than Kepka, I guess. Um, I, w- I mean, would accept it. Like, what do you think that we've, how about this? Do you think that we've seen another gear that suggests that even at this point it is elevated um, or is this all a continuation of a, a run that probably starts when he gets, he gets more comfortable with the putter. We see him win the players and sort of like, I, I put that, I put the players as the first major event of a bracket that sort of is this era of his career right now. Yeah, I I think um I think that's right. Even going back to 17 though, he was he was pretty good. I don't have all the uh let's see here. 17, he ended the year, he finished 3rd at uh Wyndham. He finished T6 at Northern Trust, T9 at BMW, and then T13 at the Tour Championship. And then he really started 18. Like he was T4 at Sony, T5 at Honda, T8 at Valspar, T5 at Heritage, and then just rolled at the players. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's going back to middle of 17. He he moved up to 40. He he moved from 84th in the world to 43rd in 17, and he hasn't he hasn't been out he hasn't been higher than that since then. Um, and so yeah, I I would say for the last little over two years he's been awesome I mean he's been you know we talk about like Cantlay and Adam Scott as having underrated seasons I think Webb's one of the most underrated guys on the two I mean you throw in what he did at the Ryder Cup taking down Justin Rose in Europe on a Sunday that was unbelievable he's had some cool moments and you know I was looking at the um some of the strokes gain numbers he's he's not good off the tee just because he's not very long He's a hundred. He was a hundred and second going into Wyndham uh, in strokes gained off the tee, but he was still sixth in strokes gained overall, which is it. It's almost impossible. There's nobody else that's even close to that. I think of the top ten guys in strokes gained overall, the next worst was like Justin Rose, and he's fifty seventh in, in strokes gained off the tee in driving. So again, you give Webb Simpson Rory's driving or Kepka's driving or Victor Hovland's driving. And he's a top five player in the world. Well, Webb Simpson with uh, some big, some big movement in the President's Cup standings. We will be addressing that in Stock Up, Stock Down. On the other side, next.
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. It is the President's Cup edition. Uh, We're going to start talking about the players who are outside of the top eight. Uh, The top eight... uh, (laughs) The the top eight are already locked in. Webb Simpson moved up to number six with his runner-up finish at the Wyndham Championship. So we're going to be tackling players nine through 13. Uh, First... Gary Woodland, the U.S. Open champion, stock up, stock down as we head to the President's Cup and probably included in this analysis. Uh, I would love to know your thoughts of whether or not they would be making the final roster. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love that we – like I've already started talking about next year's Ryder Cup roster, but I haven't even looked at this year's President's Cup roster. Is So does the President's Cup standings, do they roll through since the last President's Cup? Like, is it a two-year running thing? I don't know. I I have no idea. <laughs> I know they go up through this year's tour championship. So we still have three weeks worth of tournaments that uh, that count toward it. Um, I'm gonna go start down on Gary Woodland. Mm. So he he's he's eight or he's uh, he's nine. I don't think he's on. Ugh, that's tough. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go start down. He's got a couple missed cuts and a T55 since winning the U.S. Open. Now, look, like he, he just had twins. There, there's a lot going on in his world. He won the U.S. Open. Nothing else matters this year anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start down on him. Don't think he makes the President's Cup. Tony Finau's at number 10 in the President's Cup standings. Uh, he is a player that, like... <laughs> At, what's the the quote for Tony Finau? At some point, you've got to win. Now, does that matter when we talk about match play? When you've got somebody who, when it comes to you know scoring average and and a lot of the other indicators 
of uh, great golf seems to be checking every box, but being able to convert those W's. What's what's the Tony Finau prognosis? Stock up, stock down. I think I'm up. You know, I, he had a great Ryder Cup. I remember I just got blasted for suggesting that Finau should be on the team instead of Tiger as a captain's pick about this time last year. I mean, I just got ratioed to just smithereens. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then Tony Finau won, I think, three points at the Ryder Cup, and Tiger uh, Tiger didn't win a match. So anyway, not that we need to recount that, but he's had a weird summer. Three missed cuts, and then he finishes third at the Open. <laughs> You're like, okay, I, I don't know what to do with that. I, I, think, I think his experience at team events matters and the open performance was impressive. I, I'm stock up and I think eventually that he will be on the team. Is that a, uh, so what are our next cuts? How many, how many captains picks do we get from here? Uh, I think it's just top eight in this, in the points qualified. Do you want to, do you want to pull it up and read the top eight? Yeah. And then, after that, I think it's just straight. I don't. I don't think they're like. I don't. It's not staggered like the Ryder Cup. I think it's just four. Um, I think it's just four captains picks at some. And are the top eight? Are date. the top eight locked right now? No, they're locked after the Tour Championship. Got it. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Number number one, Brooks Kepka. Number two, Dustin Johnson. Number three, Justin Thomas. Number four, Xander Shoffley. Number five, Matt Kuchar. Number six, Webb Simpson. Number seven, Bryson DeChambeau, and number eight, Patrick Cantlay. I mean, that's a sick team. It's a pretty good team. I mean, there, there could be movement though, because there's three big events. All of these guys will be playing pretty much all of them, and you know, if somebody in the 20s wins a tournament, all of a sudden they're probably on the team. Um. Okay. Let's. let's <laughs> uh, Ricky Fowler, stock up, stock down. Uh. I mean, to make the team stock up, I just feel like he's – those guys just want him on the team. Right. He's tied with Tiger. Uh, he finished T6 at the Open. He's had a weird summer too. Missed the cut at the Scottish Open, 43rd at the U.S. Open. He hasn't had – other than the Open, before that, his last top 10 was at Wells Fargo. He's just not been – I don't know. He's usually just kind of an auto top fifteen, top ten, and he and he hasn't been that. But to make the team, I'm I'm stock up. I think he's on the team. We've got this thing that's happening with the FIBA World Cup this summer, where just because of injuries, because of the the weird international schedule versus the you know the preseason schedule for some of these uh, for some NBA teams that are making overseas trips, we're seeing almost like some business decisions being made. Do you, do you get a sense for how some of the top players in the world are, are going to be looking at the President's Cup and whether there is a draw or an attraction there that is strong enough to keep similar business decisions being made by someone who just might need some time off, someone who just might need to, uh, you know, maybe there's something personal or maybe you, there's there would just be some circumstances that could see some of those names that we mentioned before perhaps decide to, uh, to opt against accepting an invitation. No. And, and I think for, for two reasons, the first is it's in December. And so you, you're going to have, you know, three months before you even have to do anything. And then the second is like, these guys, they, 
they don't get to play in, in a team. Like you talk to all of them and they're like, I want to go back. College was so fun. Play with my guys, uh, you know, be on, a, be on a team. And they just, they don't, they don't get that yeah. very often. And it's a, like the tour life is, it's so lonely. Like it really is. And you can have your chefs and your, you know, Joey D running around and whatever, but it's, there's just not the, I don't know, galvanizing kind of camaraderie that you get at a team event, even if it's a president's cup, it's not as big of a deal as the Ryder cup. But I think those guys really just look forward to that time, maybe even more so because I think it's more relaxed uh, than it would be at a Ryder cup. Um, Tiger Woods stock up, stock down. Isn't he the captain? (laughs) He is the captain and, and he wants to play. (laughs) I just, it's weird because if, if this time last year you would have said, Hey, Tiger's going to win twice in the next 12 months, but he's probably not going to be one of the guys that you would say would be on the president's cup team. And one of those wins is going to be a major. You'd have been like, how does that even make sense? But it kind of does, right? Well, he won twice in eight months, but it's been four months since the last win. And it's been four months since he's like looked good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, he had the T and I play. The playoffs are going to be interesting because he's going to play at least two, possibly three events. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, we even want to play. I think, I I think that's the other deal of like, I mean, of course I, I think he, on some level he wants to play. I hope he doesn't do the thing where he like picks himself just to prove like, Oh, I want to play when he really doesn't. And it might be better for him and for the team if he doesn't play. Cause I think he likes being the captain. I think him and Phil enjoy everything that goes along with that. And I would rather see him kind of enjoy and be good at, I think he is good at uh, that role rather than get out there and like, you know, bang it around with Siwoo Kim or whatever for 18 holes. So before we get to Ches Revy at number 13, what about number 14, Phil Mickelson? Philip, Philip Alfred. I don't know. I mean, he sort of gets, is he the vice passes. captain? Like, is he already there at least? I, I think Phil's kind of been like the captain for the last like six team events. <laughs> Like the sh- the shadow captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a moment. There was a moment in Paris last year. I, I think I screen grabbed it, but like uh, Jim Furyk was standing off to the side, and Phil was like just coaching up JT and Spieth, like just just staring at him, like wagging his finger. And I and it was like it was the I'm the captain now meme, like just completely persona. Like it it was the meme. Like right. look at me. Furyk is look like, at me. I'm the captain. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 Furyk's like out of the out of the picture and Phil's just like losing it and uh I don't know I just I the idea it's maybe stupid and and uh you know romanticized but the idea of him and Tiger being kind of the the co-captains of US uh teams and in team events for the next 10 or 15 years is is kind of cool isn't it It is very cool it's it's the thing where for both of them I I both hope, like, I hope that they would, especially given the way that both of their games have looked at this point in the career, you hope that they both are very willing and accepting to take the leadership roles without 
having the participation roles. And yet at the same time, I don't trust either one of them not to totally throw themselves into participation as well. I know. I know. Well, like, but, and they're kind of perfect for it because, you you know, if you're tag teaming it, Phil can go like do his, you know, charade in front of the media and like just handle all that stuff. Like just all the all the kind of hoopla that goes along with it. And Tiger can like grind out pairings until three in the in the morning and like, you know, do all like work out. That's the crap he loves. Like he loves that stuff. And Phil loves like the the kind of circus of it all, like the charade of it all. So, oh no just, no no, they, it's it's uh their man of science, man of faith, right? Like, wait, uh, what, what is that? Like the like Tiger is more like grinding on running the models and the simulations to see oh, what yeah, would be the best yeah. pairings, and then Phil's like, yeah, but let me talk to him on the let me talk to him on the range. Tiger, you get out of here. I gotta <laughs> I got I gotta get in their head on this one. Hold on, I'm giving, I'm giving, uh, I'm giving Pat Reed my coffee recipe. Yeah, Get yeah, out of yeah, here, yeah, Tiger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has anybody made the? It's and what do we do with Patrick Reed? Well, that's the thing. So I made a list. Him, Kevin Kisner, and Bubba are all outside that like top fifteen range. You've got Ch- We we've skipped over Ches, but and, and there's and like I think that says everything. I'm sorry, Ches. Yeah. You're that's great, yeah. but like if it's a choice between Ches Reevy and Patrick Reed for a captain's pick, conversation's over. Well, and again, some of this gets worked out over the playoffs. I think to where you know if Reed goes two top tens or Kisner, whatever. But it it is going to be tough, and this is why I think Tiger and Phil should both kind of be out and and uh sean martin last week even floated the idea of like forget all of this like put uh morikawa and put matthew wolf on the team like why not you know and i don't know i'm not i'm not against that i'm not as in on it as he is just because if you're doing that you're sort of projecting that they're going to be like legit contenders for the Ryder cup team next year and i just I, i don't i don't know that that's true it might be true I might look like an idiot a year from now because Colin Morikawa might be third in the Ryder Cup standings, but I, I, it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as sure of a thing just because of how much talent there is at the top right now. I think I think that especially when you consider the when you consider the matchup, um, you can you you can take like you can take Bubba in the President's Cup where Bubba in the Ryder Cup next year might be a little bit of a tougher decision. Yeah. I think, well, it is weird because it's almost like the amount that Reed has kind of played up all the stuff, the Captain America stuff and whatever, like gives him like an edge if there's like a five horse race for the last spot or whatever. But then, but then you have to counter that with like, him basically throwing George Washington under the bus in Paris last year and like running it, running him over forwards. I mean, he, he burned the flag like from the Eiffel tower after just obliterating Furyk and speed and everybody else. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Reed. Kisner's good in match play. I think he deserves a, he deserves like strong consideration out of that group. Like, not only because he's been there playing for U.S. golf before, but because he he's been successful at it. I mean, if, okay. So if I had to pick today, I would go, and I had to pick twelve. I'd go Kepka, which is how many you pick. I'd go Kepka, 
DJ, JT, Xander, Kucher, Webb. I don't want to pick Bryson, but he's he's in the top eight, so he's he's in. Uh, Cantlay, Bryson's like a like he's another guy. Like, do, is that a good fit for the team, or is he like doing you know physics experiments in the in the hotel, dude? To to be alternate, wasn't it? They put Tiger and Bryson together for alternate shot, and it was like the worst thing possible. Oh, it was it was so bad. No, it was uh, was it Tiger and Bryson or Phil and Bryson? I don't know, but it was it was atrocious. So I would go uh, Bryson Cantlay. That's eight, and then I guess Finau, Fowler, Kisner, Reed. Yeah, but but that means no Jordan Spieth. Yeah, that's the other thing. How how are you gonna pick a guy that's making three double bogeys at Sedgefield Country Club? In a single in a single round, he lost. Chip he lost five strokes to the field from Tita Green on on Saturday. Not for the tournament on Saturday. He's having. I wrote about. I I was trying to write like three hundred words about this. I wrote like nine hundred. He's having probably the best putting season of his career, and he's only got seven top twenty five finishes. He he's lost. He's he said it. He said. I hit a ball out of bounds on on uh, ten on Saturday, and I I don't really know what's going on. Jeez. That's basically like code for I am lost with with my swing. When do the captain's picks get announced? That I don't know. Okay, so he's we've got one last gasp for jo- for Jordan, our good friend Jordan. But the problem the problem is that he's sort of been crowned by Phil and Tiger as like. Hey, this and and Phil has like said this. Hey, this guy's gonna be like the leader of the of these teams for the next twenty years. And so all of a sudden he like he's got like a seven way miss going on off the tee, <laughs> and you're like, do we do we pick him and like play him? And I mean, it doesn't matter because you're gonna win either way. So I think I think ultimately like he will probably be on the team. So yeah, that's a good point. I I don't know so. Here's the thing. Like, there's going to be two or three guys that get left off, and you're like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, and, no. And that's, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Though that's the thing. I just I don't know that you can justify putting Wolf and Morikawa on, or e- either one of them, or both, because then you're like, is, is Fowler getting left off? Like, that's not going to happen. You know, I, I, it's just, I mean, it's good to be great, but it's also tough. Uh, in terms of like your captain's pick. So here's how it goes. Jordan Spieth not picked for the President's Cup. And just like Brooks Kepka sitting on the couch at the Masters, it changes his <laughs> career forever. Uh, how Tiger Woods changed my career. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Players, George, the Players Tribune. On the Players Tribune. Jordan Spieth, I really had to fall in love with golf again. And it was sitting on the couch watching the President's Cup, wishing I could be there. <laughs> Watching Patrick Reed and JT team up in Australia. Watching, just watching them fist bump each other uh, in the final final round of the Open was enough. Tough. That was a tough scene for tough scene for, for Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> and that has been Stock Up Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. And that is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. Follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs> <laughs>